That would have been the worst timing. <laughs> Hello, world. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Illusions Destroyed podcast, done at a much earlier time for the convenience of ourselves. It is 3.30 in the afternoon, or 3.45, I guess, here in the afternoon in the beautiful Lone Star State, as well as the, the Great Lake State, and 4.45 up in that uh, cesspool known as Jewtropolis, a.k.a. New York City. We're actually the North Star State, by the way. Oh, it's not the, it's the North Star State? Yes, that's our, that's our state motto, we're the North Star State. Why did I think Great Lakes State? Well, because we're the land of 10,000 lakes. Oh, that's what it is. Not Great Lakes State, though. We're the, the North Star State. Okay. Yeah, you guys saw that on Snapchat, right? Someone hacked into it and changed New York, New York City to Jewtropolis. Fairly accurate. I mean, I yeah. think New York is like majority Hispanic, Jewish, Italian, mm, a bunch of Irish, but not as much. So, how that's was your? Much, that's pretty much the entire thing. How was your drive up there? Uh, actually, it was pretty good. I mean pretty damn good time um but of course i like i made it to jersey it's supposed to be like a six hour drive to jersey but i made it in like just under five but then i sat in new york city traffic for three hours so it made up for it well that's good glad you made it there yeah. Yeah. in one piece it's great seeing my friends um but i still hate it here <laughs> <laughs> and the mets beat the cubs yesterday Saw that, yeah. After losing to the Cubs, something. What was the final score? It was like ten. To, it was ten to one. It was bad. We pitched some minor league call up, and he did. Well, don't you know? Awful. That's what the Mets do. They they score ten runs in one game, mm-hmm. and they score ten runs over the course of the next twenty five. So was it was it them who scored like twenty four runs in a game a couple of weeks ago, or was it against them that? Uh, probably against them. Okay. So, here we are. A lot's happened in the last two days. Congrats, everyone. It's episode 10. This is the double-digit show. So, yep. So, the next milestone, I guess, is triple digits. So, we got a ways to go before we can celebrate again. It's easy to get through the first 10 and be excited about it. But now it's like, all right, got a ways to go before it's meaningful. Yep. Stupid volume. Sounded good. All right. Uh, yeah, here we are. So I guess we're going to, since we didn't really even touch on the whole Catholic church dilemma on Tuesday, we kind of got into some other topics. But Tasha, you wanted to discuss the Pope at length? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, a little bit at least because I'm – um, growing a little bit concerned about how left-leaning media is rallying behind the Pope right now. Um, typically, this is not something we would see happening yeah. because everybody generally kind of understands that Catholics are conservative and the Popes are generally pretty conservative. Um, but because we have got a Pope who is a Jesuit, 
and is a little bit more left-leaning in the rhetoric that he espouses and doesn't really say much about the abortion issue and whatnot. We've got people like the New York Times claiming that there's a conservative assault on hope. Um, I just really think that that should concern a lot of people that somebody like the New York Times who has a very clear left-leaning agenda is rallying behind the Pope and whatnot when basically a lot of, I mean, every Catholic that I know is talking about resignation, you know, and all of the Catholic pundits are, he needs to resign because he knew about McCarrick and the kid diddlers. What's that? He knew about the kid diddlers. He did. He knew about it. And after Benedict, Pope Benedict, so, so a lot of people don't quite understand what the timeline is. And I'm not even sure I entirely understand what the timeline is because so much is coming out every single day that I have no, my arms are tired from picking my jaw off the floor, you know, because it's just, there's so much that keeps coming out. Um, but so Pope Benedict knew that this had happened with, with McCarrick and basically sanctioned him for life. You are to live the rest of your life in prayer and penance, and you are not to have um, any conduct with the laity. That's not gonna happen. Then Pope Francis became Pope and basically undid that and put, put McCarrick back in the spotlight again with the laity. And he knew full well what was going on. So we have, um, Vigano, who was the, the nuncio for the United States, basically an ambassador for the United States to Rome. He um, had some meetings and there's, I'm kind of unclear as to what was um, spoken about, but everything that he has said in his statement has been corroborated by many other church officials. And that's what's led to people saying that Pope needs to resign. And in fact, on his Wednesday address this week at the Vatican, after he finished his closing prayer, um, you can hear the crowd start chanting, uh, vegano, 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 because this, this vegano came out with his statement accusing the Pope of knowing all of this and allowing all of this, and Catholics want him gone. Um, so that's kind of the long and short of it. But then just today, <laughs> there was a story that came out that the Pope gave someone, a gay priest, uh, an apartment at the Vatican where there were sex and heroin parties or sex and cocaine parties or some drug. I can't even remember the drug at this point. Like I said, jaw off the floor several times in the last few days. Um, so the Pope is contributing to the delinquency of the Vatican. <laughs> this this is from... LifeSiteNews.com, Pope knowingly gave Vatican apartment to gay priest later caught in cocaine-fueled orgy. Yes. Pope Francis gave a Vatican apartment to a priest who was later caught hosting a drug-fueled homosexual orgy in that same apartment, despite being warned about the priest's grave problems, a highly placed Vatican source told LifeSite News in an exclusive interview. It was Francis himself, the source said, who had made sure that a homosexual secretary of his friend, Cardinal Francesco Cocopalmero, 
Palmerio would obtain a privileged apartment in the Vatican. Wow. Yeah. And then there was, there's this um, other story that Catholic News Agency um, came out with today that um, seminarians were, um, well, let me read this, the, the, the opening paragraph here. The Archdiocese of Washington confirmed that seminarians were permitted to serve as assistants to Archbishop Theodore McCarrick while the Archbishop was being investigated for the sexual abuses of a teenager. Um, so he moved from a parish rectory to a house adjacent to an area of the Institute of the Incarnate Word, which is a religious order in Chillum, Maryland, uh, within the Arch, the Washington Archdiocese. According to, two, according to two former IVE seminarians on campus at the time, McCarrick lived in a separate house on the grounds, which he paid for himself, or at least arranged to have purchased for him. Um, and priests were given this assignment to work with him and he, I mean, he's just totally, he's this pervert given access to all of these young men who he then turned around and abused or had consensual homosexual relationships with. And, you know, the Catholic Church has nothing to apologize for with regard to having a stance on homosexuality that says, okay, we don't hate you because you're gay, but you cannot be practicing homosexual and be in good standing with the church. I mean, there are a lot, I know, I personally know gay Catholic people who are practicing Catholics, who are in good standing with the church because they're not acting on that inclination within themselves, you know? I just read something, I subscribed to this blog called Blessed Is She, and there was a, a story that came out this morning is, the, the title was, Who Are You, Not What Are You? And mm -hmm. we're, everything is about what you are now. You know, I'm gay, and that rules my life, you know? Or I'm, I, I don't know, fill in the blank with an identity. And that's what people are, who people are saying they are, but that's not who, that's what. And when we've allowed that what to infiltrate into the church, with, along with relativism, that's what has gotten us to where we're at now. And I'm, it's, I have so many words to say about it, but like it's blustering and upsetting and confusing. And I mean, all of these complex feelings to the topic. Um, but I think that the, the, that it's very clear that the Pope needs to resign because, and anybody, honestly, anybody supporting him should probably rethink their Catholicism, even if they're a bishop or an archbishop or a priest. I mean, there are Catholic leaders saying that the Pope needs to be left alone to get back to more important things like climate change. Yeah, that's something that I heard. Like, that's a talking point that I think is pretty much explanatory of the whole situation is, oh, well, he supports climate change and, you know, uh, homosexuality. So he needs to, you know, we need to leave him alone and he, he's, he's for us. So there's not really a reason to call him out for him allowing, you know, the church basically to fall apart. Right. And here's the thing with climate change, like Catholics are already called to be good stewards of the planet. That's already something that Catholics are called to do. So we don't need to talk about it as Catholics. What we need to talk about is the 
deviancy that infected the church and destroyed the lives of thousands of people. And that is threatening to schism the church again. And it, I mean, it, it almost, and I mean, we can go off on conspiracy tangents about it, but there are lots of people who are claiming that this was purposeful, that this, his, his um, appointment as pontiff is purposeful to divide the church. And I mean, I don't disbelieve it, honestly. No, it makes sense. I mean, what? Because uh, John Paul II was like, what, one of the first popes in recent time, like to, I can't even, I mean, I can't even go back, you know, it had to have been like hundreds of years since the last Pope was forced to step down as opposed to, you know, usually the Popes die. Well, John Paul II died. Benedict. Or not John Paul II, sorry, Benedict. Yeah, sorry, Benedict. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's been hundreds of years at least since that, that I can recall that somebody's been made to resign. And I posted something the other day. I, I haven't looked at it yet, so I, I can't speak to what it says, but there's um, a video that I posted that I need to watch that um, discusses why he resigned and that it's all related to this entire sex scandal within the church. And I think that's something that people should know is, and this has been and pointed that was out. Um, I think five or, no, hang on. I'll look it up here real quick. I think that's something um, uh, Pope Benedict um, I think that's something people need to understand, too, is that the ages of the people, it's something like 81% of the victims that we're talking about now are teenage boys and adult men. So it doesn't technically classify as pedophilia. It's still, you know, problem because these are teenage boys, but it doesn't classify as pedophilia because pedophilia is prepubescent, an attraction, unnatural unnatural attraction to prepubescent children. Um, and these are all postpubescent teenage boys and young men, seminarians. Um, he, uh, Benedict retired in uh, February of 2013. Mm -hmm. okay, so. And he was elected <laughs> so, in 2005. And I was right. He right. was the first Pope since like 1412 right. to have resigned citing his deteriorating health, but he's still alive. He's still kicking. Yeah, 1415 was the last time a pope stepped down. Now, but if he was still pope and this was the issue being handled, I, I'm convinced that it would be handled. Nobody would be calling for his resignation. This evil would be being rooted out, would have already been rooted out because McCarrick was already sanctioned by the pope. You know, it would be handled and the New York Times wouldn't be trying to support the Pope on this either. Because why? Because he was conservative. And so was John Paul II. John Paul II was conservative. You know, they're not, they're not in the habit of championing conservative popes. But this Pope is not that. Jesuits are not conservative. And frankly, and, and, and anybody can debate me on this, but... Catholicism and liberalism don't go together. Like, there's just no way to reconcile those two ideologies with one another. Yes, we have some overlapping agreements, like we should be good stewards of the planet, that kind of thing. We should help people in need. That's 
those are, you know, liberal heart concepts. But um, I'm trying to find the the New York Times article. Um, yeah, Vatican power struggle bursts into open as conservatives pounce. So that's the that's how they're spinning it. Yeah, conservatives are pouncing on the Pope covering up child sex abuse scandal like that's that's pouncing oh my goodness yeah how dare conservatives concern themselves about climate change because kids getting diddled by catholic priests isn't a big deal but you know it's getting a little hot out there homosexuality within a church that does not tolerate homosexual behavior like you, I, that's that's a tenet, and it goes back like all of Catholicism. Okay, from the article. So this is about uh, the diplomat's letter that he sent, sent uh, talking about a homosexual current in the Vatican hierarchy. He said, with the uh, from the New York Times, with the letter released in the middle of the Pope's visit to Ireland, an ideologically motivated opposition has weaponized weaponized the church's sex abuse crisis to threaten not only Francis's agenda, but his entire papacy. At the very least, it has returned the issue of homosexuality in the Roman Catholic Church, which many conservatives are convinced lies behind the abuse crisis to the center of debate. So we shouldn't be talking, basically, I mean, is the New York Times saying that, oh, we shouldn't be talking about this because, you know, just because grown men are raping and abusing little boys uh this has nothing to do with homosexuality and this shouldn't be a concern to anyone is that it has everything to do with homosexuality like i said earlier it's 80 something like 81 or 84 i can't remember exactly this the number 81 percent of the cases that we're presently talking about are all homosexual encounters between priests bishops archbishops and seminarians and teenage boys that's what we're talking about right now and the new york times thinks that this is wrong because it pushes an anti-gay agenda the church has always had an anti-gay agenda the bible is an anti-gay agenda male and female he created that i know and love many gay people that's not what this is about so anybody who wants to personalize this shove it i don't really care it's like oh you hate gay no that's that's not what we're saying we're not that's not what we're saying this is the church this is a tenant of the church you don't like it you don't get to be catholic and at the root of it though yeah at the root of it it's about protecting children so i don't understand how people can like it's obviously a, a distraction or deflect deflect it's like oh they're trying to make this about homosexuality no this is about protecting kids this it's about protecting children. You're the one that's conflating it with homosexuality and trying to oh right. they're the point that they're trying to make is completely irrelevant because they just hate gay people. It's like no, we hate kids getting abused. We hate kids being diddled by grown men. And we hate that other grown men are willing to cover up for it. But look at how it goes hand in hand with all of this relativistic crap that we're seeing in society that we've talked about several times. That's all we talk about of children, pedophilic uh, influence on children's media, on children themselves, um, you know, this grooming of children by a drug culture, the grooming of children and 
sterilization of children in the trans movement, um, that gay kid that killed himself the other day. I mean, this is all part and parcel to the same problem. And I've said this before, I don't know if I've said it on the show, but I've said it before in, in this conversation, that the problem is relativism. That it's an anything goes mindset and it's infiltrated even the church. And the church is especially hit hard by it. We, you know, we can compare numbers between the church and public and the public schools. There are far more abuses in the public schools than there are in the church. But the reason why the church gets hit hard by it is because whether or not people want to admit it, the Catholic church is the arbiter of what is morality. Period. Or at least they, and even if people don't think that, at least they like portray that and they try to, you know, act as if they are. So that's why it was such a big deal when the Pope came out and said, oh, we need to be, you know, okay with homosexuality in the church. And because it's like they are the barometer of what is moral. Right. And when they, do, you know, when they go against it, you know, when they have incidents of, you know, child abuse, once again, like that's, I mean, that's what this whole thing is about. It's about child abuse. So yeah. when they go against it and then cover it up, it flies in the face of, right. you know, the rest of the. That everybody supposes that the Catholic church stands for. Right. You know? Well, what scares me is that when, when, when somebody, when, when somebody decides that they disagree with the Catholic church on some level and, and you, you marry the Catholic church with morality in general, then that person doesn't think that they need to practice morality. You know, so I don't really like that. Uh, because if somebody disagrees with the church, they can still be unpracticing and unpractical, you know, whatever, or, or not religious and still have a strong moral compass. Mm -hmm. But but the more we try to say, well, you know, <coughs> the church is the arbiter of morality, the more that person has the ability to say, well, fuck morals, it's a, it's a religious thing. And I'm anti-religion. Right. So I could just do whatever the hell I want. You know what I'm saying? When mm -hmm. it doesn't need to be that way. And cool. also I think that the part of the reason why people are claiming that this is an anti-homosexual agenda is because there are a lot of conservative Catholics coming out and saying we need to ban gay people from becoming priests. Yeah. Kind of making it an anti-gay. When 81% of the issue is inappropriate behavior between men okay. and boys, the church, then yeah. I mean, it goes against the moral code of the Catholic Church. So yes. Sure. That, that is an issue. You know, it has, we've talked about this before. They, they want, people want to say, oh, we'll just let priests get married. You, that has nothing to do with it. 81% of them are homosexual encounters. It has nothing to do with married or not married. And, and maybe, maybe it shouldn't be my concern, but another thing that kind of just, uh, just coming from a libertarian like core, it's like, what happens if somebody grows up religious and they really want to be religious? They believe in God. They, they like going to church and, and, and they like following all that stuff, but they are naturally gay. Now you're kind of forcing them to choose between sticking to their religion, which they want to stick to and, being lonely is the science out on there being like is that is that settled science that no you are science is settled it's not science 
it's like you were born gay. There's no environmental factors to that at all. It's you come no, out of the I womb. You come yeah, out of the womb and boom. There's no such thing as settled science. Um, moreover, it doesn't matter. It's. I understand it's a comfortable thing to say. Yeah, right, sorry. It's definitely a comfortable thing to say. Right. To Chris's point, okay, they're gay and they want to practice Catholicism. Sorry, the whole church is not going to change its dogma for you. And it's not the it's not the the being attracted to men thing. It's the acting on it. So that's what the, the on it yeah, is the that's what the sin is in terms of Catholicism in church. I'll put the link in the comments about um, Father Mike Schmitz, who I've talked about before, who's a precept in Duluth at UMD. He has a, um, a video that he did on Ascension Presents about when his own brother, his own Catholic brother came out to him as being gay. And he's like, okay, so that's not who you are. You know, you're okay. telling me about something that's happened to you, but that's not who you are. So it goes back to that who you are versus what you are. Gay is what, not who. The action is what, not who you are. Right. But just so, for a second, try to put yourself in their shoes. Like, what, what if your religion told you that you had to be alone? Wouldn't you be lonely? Sure. If that's what the religion you want to follow is, though, that's the sacrifice that you make to your God. Really, you're right. You are. You are. I just, you know, I feel for people. And, and nobody can just that. walk in. Nobody can walk into the church and say, this isn't what I like, so you have to change to accommodate me. But that's exactly what the LGBT is trying to do to the Catholic Church and to Christianity in general. They're trying to walk in and say, no, 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 no. You have to accommodate my Gnosticism. My lifestyle. My personal gnosis on this issue is of greater importance than this thousands of years old religion. Yeah, this, and your doctrine needs to go away. Within. Right. It's, it's completely ridiculous to, to say that your, that your religious, um, the religion that you want to practice has to accommodate your individuality when it has nothing to do with you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I get what you're saying. But I mean, so, that, I mean, and it goes for, a, and it's not just like a homosexual thing. I mean, just th this topic largely is, but in just broadly speaking, like nobody comes in and says, hey, you know, the church should be okay with adultery because I'm an adulterer and I want to be comfortable in church, you know, or insert anything, you know, I've murdered people and I, I want to keep murdering people. Uh, right. The church should change you know, the tenants, like we, we don't control what God says. Like we don't control what, you know, God's list of things that you have to live by or things that, you know, you can't do, you know, that are sin. Like we have no control over that. All we do is just read out of the book. Here's an example for you, Chris. Um, so the Eucharist is a really like the central part of Catholicism. Catholics believe in the real presence of Jesus Christ in the Eucharist. Mm -hmm. I am personally right now not able to partake in the Eucharist because I'm going through an annulment process right. from, from the, my first marriage. And because I'm going through an annulment process, that means my marriage with my husband does not have me in good standing with the church. I can practice Catholicism in every single other way I want to. But if I were to go to Mass and partake in the Eucharist, 
knowing full well that the man that I'm married to isn't by church law, my husband, I would be not in good standing. So I don't partake in the Eucharist right now. And it really is frustrating for me, but that's canon law. I'm really glad that's you brought the, it up. That's what the church decided is the law. And because I take Catholicism seriously, I am abiding by church law. If I had homosexual feelings, I would have, and I wanted to practice Catholicism. If it meant my life was lonely, then my life was lonely. You know? Right. Okay. Yeah. No, it has to be a personal choice. Do I want to be religious or do I want to be right. not lonely? Yeah. But nobody is forcing anybody to be Catholic. Right. But if you choose to be Catholic, you take on canon law as your guiding. As, and, as part of your guiding focus for your life. And, and sadly, it's sort of my disagreement with certain, you know, aspects of Catholicism that has caused me to sort of veer away from the church, even though I do consider myself a spiritual person. And that's kind of sad, but, um, you know, I guess I made my personal choice that I just disagree on too many things to, but... Luckily, I, I have a moral compass, so I'm not going to be doing anything. But, um, but I'm really glad you brought that up because I, I wanted to ask you, actually. I read that the, the Pope was fighting a battle with conservative Christians who believe he's diluting the faith by allowing divorced and remarried Catholics to receive communion. And I was actually going to ask you about that because, as far as I knew, you were both of those things. Yep. Um, so we go to a more orthodox – so if I went to a Jesuit – church that he would totally let me take communion but i don't go to a jesuit church because i am of the opinion that a lot of catholics are of the same opinion that the jesuits are bordering on heresy and that's one of the tenets that um borders on heresy in in my in my understanding and position um, and we go to a more orthodox leaning church that has traditional Latin mass and, you know, women still veil and, and all of that. Um, and, and I abide by those tenets. And, and my priest is like, you can't receive Eucharist. And I was like, I know. And that's frustrating. <laughs> you know, and I started crying because it, it's an important part of being Catholic. It's the important part of being Catholic. Um, so, so yeah, it, I mean, it's a, it, it's a big issue. It's a hotly contested issue right now. And, you know, the church does grants for annulment. And there are lots of um, sure. things involved in that mm -hmm. to declare nullity of a marriage. There are so many things involved in it. It's going to be a process for me, but I'm willing to undergo it. And if it comes back that the church won't grant that for me, then that's, that's what the church's position is. And I'm not going to fight that. And if I want to reject it, then I leave the church. That's, those are my options. I accept so just, it or I leave. So just as, as curiosity, is it your personal belief that the Pope would be diluting the, the, the Catholic faith by allowing you to receive Eucharist if he, if he wanted to? Absolutely. Okay. Yep, I totally agree that, that I, he I, is. I admire you sticking to your convictions like that. And yes. Just because it always interests me, like how culture can impact religion um 
you know, like we, we've talked about this before. The reason Catholic priests can't marry is because way back when, hundreds of years ago, they would be able to pass down land. Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, that's pretty much it. That's like, there's no, there's nothing biblical. That's not true. There is biblical justification. But for okay. So, okay. So I want, I'm glad you brought that up and I don't even mean to make this a Bible study, but first Timothy mm-hmm. uh, talks about how in the future there will be churches that uh, they will prohibit the mar- they will prohibit marriage and require abstinence from certain foods that God has created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. So, uh, so people aren't allowed to eat certain foods. In well, the churches? no. It, this is saying that uh, there will be churches that okay. say that kind you know use that kind of rhetoric. They will forbid people from getting married. Um, they will forbid people from being able to eat certain things, things that, you know, God created, uh, for us to have, for us to enjoy. And there's going to be, you know, just a manipulation to control people. Like it warns about that. Sure. So I'm interested, well, now I'm interested in knowing what, what it says in Matthew about not being, cause I know Paul specifically talks about how it's good to not be married, uh, and be mm-hmm. single so long as, uh, you are able to not fall into temptation and um, that it's better to be married than to live in, you know, live in sin, uh, right. you know, going around and fornicating uh, and sleep so with in, everyone you want. In Matthew 19, um, Jesus himself talks about how there are some who will be unable to be married because of what has been done to them, meaning castration, so mm-hmm. they're eunuchs. Um, some who will be unable to marry because they've been called by God. And, and that's completely just and, uh, and, and basically what the priesthood is. That and um, uh, Paul talking about, you know, that it's okay, that being, being single is ideal. Um, so that's, that's basically what, it, what it, the premise is. Um, I can't cite specifically the verse right now. Because uh, I'm distracted, because my children are walking by the window. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but that's basically what the the what it is. And you know, it's interesting you bring up that First Timothy because um, that's not what the Catholic Church does. So the Catholic Church, it's all free will, just like how I was talking about everything else with 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 dogma and tenets and whatnot. It's all free will. If you're choosing to be part of this, this is what you're choosing. Nobody is forcing anybody to be celibate as a priest or a nun, or nobody's forcing anybody to go into the vocation of being a deacon or being a mother and a wife, or nobody's forcing anybody to do anything. So it's when it's the force that, you know, that, it, that comes with that, that's when it's that, um, what, what they're talking about in First Timothy. Um, because a priest, I mean, he can, like Father Mike, for instance, he was engaged to be married and then he all of a sudden he's like you know what I'm called to be a priest and he went to seminary you know and and that's the choice that you have to make do I want to be married to a person or do I want to be married to the church so it's a yeah so it's like and the way I've understood it also is that you know priests kind of like take the role of Christ in a sense and that you know they try to emulate Christ and Christ wasn't ever married so they feel that okay, well, then I shouldn't be married either. Right. It's just like in marriage. In marriage, we're not forced to only have sex with our partner. 
with our husband or our wife, but that's the agreement that we entered. Right. You know, we chose to be part of that monogamous relationship. And that's what a priest or a nun is choosing as well. In so going into that vocation. What what is what is the church's uh, protocol on like like how do if if a priest decides to I guess step down because he wants to be to get married, does he stay in good standing? Yeah, he can stay in good standing. Yeah, he's just okay. he it, it, as long as he's not um, you know in a state of mortal sin in leaving the priesthood, then yeah, he's still in good standing. Gotcha. I was just curious. It's yeah, I don't know what the whole formal process is, but yeah, they can, if a priest later decides, you know what, I really, and this happens, I'm really feeling called elsewhere now, I think I need to leave the priesthood, there, I mean, there's no real repercussion there that I'm aware of, um, they, I, like I said, I don't know the formal process, but as long as they're not committing mortal sin in the leaving, you know, they're right. in good standing and they, they're free to marry or live a celibate non-priest life which I don't know if they're going to leave the priesthood, why they would live a celibate right. life after that. But. Wow, we've gone quite a bit away from the original uh, topic of <laughs> the Pope covering up for, for uh, child molesters. But that... Well, I mean, it's all, it goes hand in hand, though, because it's all about what the church teaches and what the rules are. And when there are rules, you live by those rules if you've chosen this path. You know what I'm worried about? I'm worried about that that the abuse that children are going through by priests is actually more widespread than we realize. And that's why the Pope almost can't come out because and say, you know, we need to damn these people and get rid of them because it might be like a crazy percentage of people that he is just, you know, excommunicating now. So, well, more and more cities are opening up grand jury investigations. Um, I know that St. Paul, Minneapolis Archdiocese, the one that I'm in, uh, they just made mention of wanting to open a grand jury investigation. And we just had one not that long ago, too, mm-hmm. where they had like a three-year window for people to come forward. And there were people who came forward, and there was a big settlement and everything here in the Twin Cities Archdiocese. Um, and then they're, they're looking to do it again because of because of all of this that's come to light. And we're not the only city. I mean, there's Kansas City, um, Kansas, and Missouri. Their archdiocese just opened a grand jury investigation uh, like a week and a half ago or so. And they've got 200-something priests that they're naming in this investigation. So, wow. I mean, they're, they're, it's happening everywhere, and it should. It should. It, and it, that's, it the, should. that's what I'm getting the most from uh, practicing Catholics is that well, good. I'm glad this is being exposed. You know, it's not a, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of people, oh, I wish that this would just go away. But for the most part, it's been a, you know, articles will condemn the church itself. And then members of the church will also condemn the church as opposed, like, you know, those in the church who are doing these things as opposed to, you know, I damn the whole church, you know, the, the message that we, you know, the message of the Bible is, bs and nonsense it's not it's not that it is a yeah you know what call out the people in our flock that are you know doing these terrible things like we right. need we need the light to expose all of this yep. sunlight is disinfectant and and all of these evil men there's a there's a quotation that's going around and, and it's 
argued as to which saint it's attributed to, but it's the road to hell is paved with the skulls of priests and bishops. Like mm. a saint said that, you know. That's good though. And and it and it's true, you know. And there, I just posted a thing that earlier today. There they used to adorn. There used to be um, carvings on the outside of churches of the mouth of hell opening up, swallowing priests and bishops, you know? And, and that, that's what we're seeing happen, I think. I really, as, as hard as this whole process is and watching all of this come out for Catholics, I think that this is a good thing, obviously, because like I said, sunlight is disinfectant. And you, there's, there's two kinds of Catholics, the ones who leave and the ones who lead, you know, and I don't intend to leave. <laughs> so, you know, there's going to be, I think that this is going to be a really big schism in the church and um, we'll see what happens. But I, I do think that we'll end up seeing the resignation of Pope Francis. I hope so. At the end, at and, the end of this. And we just have to touch on that. It isn't just, you know, the Catholic church where sexual abuse is going on. I mean, right. I think that it happening to minors isn't, it's not exclusive to it, but I think the majority of the minors being abused is going on in, within the Catholic church. But in other churches all over, there are sexual abuse scandals of, you know, pastors abusing their power and abusing their position to put specifically women, uh, you know, who are vulnerable in positions where they can't really get out of or just abusing their power and, uh, committing adultery and things of that nature. So it's not, there's a lot of, a lot of bad going on in churches in leadership positions. And the more that it gets exposed, I think is probably for the best. Right. Well, it's definitely for the best. You, let me ask you guys, how, how, how do you, how would you propose that we, that the church govern uh, homosexuals going for priesthood? Would it be, an honor system? Like, how would they figure out? Well, if you're going to be a priest, if you're going to be a priest, you shouldn't be sleeping with anyone, so your sexuality shouldn't... So, right. if, if your you've sexuality had, shouldn't matter. If you've had previous uh, heterosexual relationships, you're, you're not able to become a priest? Well... No, you, you are. I mean, you have to... Um, sorry, I'm using my earbuds here. Um, I mean, there's... If you're if you're engaging in sex outside of marriage within the Catholic Church, that's that's a sin. Like you're being sinful, okay. and you have to, you know, repent of that and do penance and you know whatever. Go to confession, etc. I mean, there's a whole litany of things that Catholics do you know, to confess and repent and pay penance. You know, um, and pay penance doesn't mean you pay money to the church. Right. That's not what that means. <laughs> like it's a prescription of of action and prayer so is what penance is so so basically if somebody has been uh proven to have a homosexual relationship previous to them trying to enter into priesthood you think that those people should be denied yeah yep i do because i think that those people are, are going into priesthood looking for something to atone I think that's the wrong answer, though. I think that's really the wrong move. If they want to be practicing Catholics and they, um, 
are working to suppress any homosexual urges. Like, I'm not an expert in this, but that doesn't seem a, like a very healthy move to go into the priesthood where you're going to have access to young boys, seminarians, other, you know, it just doesn't seem like best practice in terms of mental health. And it shouldn't honestly. be, and you can use the exact same argument for people who, uh, you know, for heterosexual people who, you know, oh, I don't want to be, you know, sleeping around with people, so I'm going to go be a priest, so that way I'm encouraged to not do it. It's an internal thing. Like, you've got to get right with yourself before you can lead others, and that's what, like, being a priest is. It's a leadership position, so if you're messed up, but you're wanting this position of leadership, so that way other people put pressure on you to live a certain way, that's not the way to go about it. Like, that's just unhealthy. Right. That's that's giving your um, your flock, for lack of a better term, a, a, a job that they don't, they didn't ask for. Yeah, they didn't, nobody signs up for them to be the priest's, uh, what is it, um, accountability buddy. Like, right, right. You know? We go to the priest for accountability. Yeah. And that's, I think that's something that people don't quite understand about the, the sacrament of reconciliation. It's not that we don't talk to God about what we've sinned about. It's that the priest is there to serve as accountability at the end of the day. That's like this human interaction and accountability for what you've done wrong. And sometimes, you know, depending on what it is, the priest will be like, okay, well, these are the prayers you should be saying. And this is the, the work that you need to do in real life. Like you go to the person who you sinned against and atone for your sin to that person, you know, sure. um, or whatever, whatever the priest decides that you're going to do. But it's, he's there to be accountability, not, yeah. not to be leaning on you for accountability. Right. Well, yeah. That's not where I was going. I was just thinking that if somebody was very religious and they wanted to, and they were homosexual and they wanted to follow the, the church's rules, that maybe the void that's being left by not being able to have a partner, they would fill by becoming a priest, which I don't think is a bad theory, but... But I get what you're saying, what you're saying. I think in terms of mental health, I don't think that that's really a good recourse, honestly. That's fair. Yeah, I mean, I, and I'm, I'm not even, I'm not Catholic. You know, I can't tell you, oh, this is how the Catholic Church should be. But I don't know if the Bible specifically talks about, like, you know, the Bible talks about not lying a man with a man. But I don't think it talks about, oh, you know, if you're a guy, you can't think another guy is good looking. Like, you know, it's right. it's the acting upon things that right. is sure. explicitly laid out. Right. You know, and if you're er thing after people, I mean, yeah. that's sinful. You know. Yeah. But acting on it is too. So I don't know. There's no easy answer, obviously, yeah. or we wouldn't be in this situation. Right. Church. So. Well. I think uh, we've pretty much covered a wide spectrum of things in regards to Catholicism and specifically what's going on in the Catholic Church right now. Allow us to switch gears, though, and talk about uh, the recent study that was polled uh, from Brown University. So this is from the Daily Mail UK. 
Brown University polls an article on its own gender dysphoria study about teens rapidly identifying as transgender amid complaints that the research is transphobic. So just a quick summary, Brown University pulled an article touting its own study on teens identifying transgender after being exposed to online videos about it. Uh, the school said it, hold on, the school said it received complaints from the community that the research could invalidate perspectives of members in the transgender community. Basically, you know, it doesn't agree with their reality. Research that also showed teen, the research also showed teens suddenly identifying as transgender could be influenced by their peer group was also called transphobic. So that's, that is the brief summary that the Daily Mail UK gave. Thoughts? So they don't like that this study painted this as a cultural contagion, a social contagion. So their feelings and their perspectives mattered more despite the outcome of the research is basically the summation there correct so the research showed that you know kids exposed to videos praising transgenderism on youtube and articles and television shows uh talking about how awesome being a transgender is uh apparently it does impact the way they think Okay, so that's that's not transphobic. That's reality. No, but kids are impressionable. Everybody knows this. This isn't something new. No, but right. Brown's uni Brown University's study is transphobic because it goes no, against no, their reality. No, what's their but reality? There is, their reality is not separate from reality. <laughs> what what is their reality that this that this that this is going against? That transgenderism is a tr or is a is something that you're born with. Like you, you know, you can be born in the wrong body, and that that's a totally normal thing. Okay, so what about this? You know, we brought him up earlier in a private conversation. What about this this person who convinced the cops that were arresting him to call him a woman, right? And everybody was. So confused because he's got a beard. He's not and a penis. Trying. Well, that's fine. But let's just let's just push that aside for one second. He's not even trying to be feminine. You know what I'm saying? He's got a beard. It's not like how can why? But here's the here's why the is thing the transgender community upset with people like this? who are trying to use transgenderism as a way of getting out of other things that they're doing wrong. Being put in an all-male cell? Right. Some of them do, though. Some of them do push back on it because they say, oh, he has a beard and he's not even trying. Right. And they then define what a trans woman should look like at, by using stereotypes of femininity. Right. By using gender. You know? <laughs> so at... So at the fair this on Monday, when my husband and I went to the, the Minnesota State Fair, there the U of M building. They do a lot of research at the U of M, um, University of Minnesota. And one of the research um, uh, studies that they were doing, the qualifications were that you had to be a, a woman and you had to be 18 plus. 
so my, and my husband told me this story after I didn't get to witness it. And I'm just like dying that I didn't get to witness it. He said to the person who was there um, taking people in and he said, uh, what if I told you I was a woman? And she looked right at him and said, I wouldn't believe you. Oh. And he was like, that's a really risky thing for you to say these days, isn't it? And, and that's about as far as it went, because then we got a phone call that our what son a bigot. Leave the fair. But just because everybody knows who men are and who women are. And we don't need studies for that. <laughs> you know? We don't need studies to know that teenagers are impressionable and they follow the herd. You know, it harkens back to the satanic panic of the 1980s um, or any trend that is big among teenagers. There's the floss dance, which I can do, by the way. I'll get video of it. The floss dance or the Macarena. I mean, those are small in comparison, but you, you get what I'm saying. Like, yes. teenagers are impressionable and they don't want to be outcasts. Right. So what do they do? They either ally to this insane cultural phenomenon or they say they are this insane cultural phenomenon mm -hmm. it, it, i mean it's a no-brainer really and if you spend any time reading tumblr or reddit or you know any of these websites where where these communities kind of congregate you can see that um yeah it's crazy and, and the disconnect but the disconnect within its own community yeah. Is what, and is, what, is what's laughable is that like, you know, this is such a horrible thing for me. I am a woman stuck in a man's body or a man stuck in a woman's body and I need to do whatever I need to do to reverse this. But I'm okay with this jackass pretending to be of the other gender because it's going to give him perks or get him out oh. of things or that should be despised by the transgender well, community. And pay attention to what like the language that's being used. So they don't like the they don't like the study and what the study reveals. So they want it thrown away. Sure. They also <clears throat> encourage it's the media to they encourage the media to refer to obviously male people mm -hmm. as he and she or as she and her and the judiciary is putting people into prisons that like men are going into women's prisons and crime statistics when this man is committing this crime and calls himself a woman and we're supposed to call him a woman that crime is being chalked up to the crime stats of women not men i mean this that's, is all that's so dangerous it is so dangerous for so many reasons and you know when when um, the whole bathroom debate started happening, and it was, we just want to pee. Well, now we're seeing trans people posting on Twitter pictures of in, in women's bathrooms saying how right. they just wanked all over the place right. to piss off turfs. And oh, but nothing, I thought you just needed to pee and not be a total pervert in the bathroom. But not for you nothing, know? no one was stopping you from peeing. They just wanted you to go into your birth assigned genders bathroom right how is that that's not oppression that's following the rules that you might find unfair but those are the rules right. life isn't fair everybody has to right. follow unfair rules at some point in their life and that's what gender critics and feminists have been saying this whole time is 
nope, there are going to be people, this is a slippery slope. If we allow self-identification into these sex-segregated spaces that exist for a reason, we're going to have men with nefarious plans using these laws to their advantage. And what do we see happening? Like, it happens all the time. And you guys see the things that I post, you know, arrest after arrest after arrest of average looking guys like yourselves claiming to be women and going into women's bathrooms or women's change rooms and curving on women and girls. Mm -hmm. It's happening every day, but they just need to pee. <laughs> so it's crap. isn't what that transgender person who, who did what he did in the, in the bathroom, isn't that illegal? I think so. Right? Yeah, regardless of what sex you are, it's still illegal to. Right. I mean, I don't. I don't. Last I heard, masturbating in public was not generally like right. smiled upon by the law. So why aren't we going after this person? Because we can't. They're untouchable. They can say and do whatever the hell they want to, and we can't draw any kind of attention to it because it makes us a bigot. I mean, look what's going on in the UK right now. I don't know if you guys have seen in my feed the. Um, uh, a Green Party official who was just put away in prison for 22 years for raping and torturing a 10-year-old girl in his house. Well, his son, his son's name is Amy, who is trans. And this man who was raping and torturing this 10-year-old girl, he likes to dress up as a little girl while he's doing it. And Amy Chandler, Chaloner, his son, who is trans, is also part of the Green Party, just stepped down from the Green Party over this whole thing. He and his mother are claiming they never knew when this house only had four rooms in it. They're claiming that they never knew that it was going on. Like, sorry, not sorry, you're a perv with some serious problems and your son is trans. Tell me those two things aren't related and, and I'm supposed to welcome you into my bathroom. I'm supposed to welcome you into my locker room at the Y or the change rooms at the mall or Target or wherever? No. Mm -hmm. And we're going to see this uptick of men, fathers and mothers hurting and killing people who are following their children into the bathroom or into locker rooms. You know, we're going to see this happen and we already are seeing it. Yeah, a guy was arrested a couple of days or a couple of weeks ago, I think, for uh, yep. some guy tried to force his way into the bathroom that his daughter had locked, and then you know uh, afterwards his daughter told the dad, and the dad went over and uh, beat him up and uh, killed him. You know, the dad killed him, and then the you know he was arrested, and then the wife of the man was like, "Oh well, you know, good if I." If I had been there, I probably would have killed that guy too. Like, right? You know, that's what a father does is protect his child from right. disgusting so, I mean, people like that. That's happening. And again, in the UK, there's a woman called Linda Bellos who said during a live stream that if a trans person attacked her physically in real life, because trans people are attacking feminists in the UK right now for speaking out against the trans movement. Um, if a trans person were to attack her, she would fight back. Well, now she's being legally prosecuted for saying that she would defend herself against a trans person physically attacking her. I mean, none of this makes any sense and none of it is okay. And the fact that people are 
just letting this very small group of people get away with murder in some cases. Is it very and small? I'm not it exaggerating. Well, right, it seems to be growing. It because seems it's a to be. Contagion because it's teenagers perpetuating this thing. And we live in an age where we totally let the tail wag the dog when it comes to children. You know, that's what all of this, this with, the, with the ROGD amounts to. We let the tail wag the dog. And parents are not putting their foot down in parenting children anymore. And so this infiltration of this relativistic self-identification nonsense has completely stranglehold, has a complete stranglehold on, on teenagers. I mean, it's in, it's in Antifa, it's, I mean, it's everywhere on the left. The black organization are, Antifa. Right, right, the black organization Antifa. Um, it's everywhere and it, everything is so skewed and you can't say anything about it at all. You can't even ask the simple question, what is a woman without somebody calling you a bigot? Or a transphobe, or saying you deserve to die, or well, because now the answer is so complicated. You know, the answer is more than just genitalia. It's oh, well, it's how you feel on the inside, and you know, men and women they they have similar brains, but they're kind of different. They're different in that you know you can change your sex, but they're both the same in that they can both do the same activities. You know, right? It's like right. you can't you can't have both. You can't have Oh, you know, I have a woman brain. Oh, okay, so that means like if there's a difference between men and male and female brains, then, you know, obviously men are better at some things than women are, uh, mentally speaking. For for competition sports, what they should do, just cut this off at the pass, is start transgender leagues. This way transgender men can only face transgender men and transgender women can only face transgender women. That's the only way to fairly do it. That's that they'll claim that that's like separate but equal during Jim Crow. Yeah, that's Jim okay. Crow, bro. So, so should it's, we it's let the exact same thing as racial oppression? Didn't you know that, Chris? You dig it? So Are you a racist para- too? You're Hitler. <laughs> should we let paraplegics uh, in in the Olympics? Don't give no, them their own. Not. Give them their own Olympics. But why? That's you know that's separate but equal. That's not good. Yeah, but they're not bitching about it. Is, is that what it is? <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're quiet. Let it be. Yeah, they're not complaining, so it's fine. Yeah, they're not whining that they're not that they're not being able to participate in the hundred meter dash. I don't know. I think that's women the only fair way to do it. Women fought for these things for women for sex segregated bathrooms so we could participate in public life for sports so women could compete with other women and be on an even playing field like women competing against men is idiocy like that doesn't make any sense in in most sports doesn't make any sense whatsoever but women competing with women is an even playing field and then it is about who is the better athlete you know so you can't have Fallon Fox pounding the crap out of women and call that an even playing field it's just glorification of abuse of women. Is Absolutely. All it is. Absolutely. You know? That that person is toxic masculinity in a dress. Right. Exactly. You know exactly. what I'm saying? It's and like, that's what that's what feminists have been saying forever too, is that this is just misogyny 
wrapped in glitter and a rainbow. That's all it is. It's just repackaged misogyny. And people need to get over, I mean, there are more people against this than speak out about it. And people need to get over that because it is such, it does have such a stranglehold on society. People need to get over themselves and their um, comfortable apathy on it. Apathy is the killer here. You have to get over your apathetic way of handling all of this and say something because it's women and children who are going to be the most devastated by this movement. I was having a, I was having a conversation. Yeah, what's going on over there? Uh, it's outside. Okay. Darn kids. Mad at each other. I was having a conversation uh, with my parents about, you know, specifically the show and, you know, they were, just talking like, oh, I don't know if you should be so controversial, you know, be talking about, you know, these very heated topics. And the only thing I could think of was, well, that attitude is like why these issues are so, you know, popular right now that, you know, not speaking out on these subjects or reasons why, you know, so many are just okay with it and then the, and then at the same time they wonder oh you know why is this going on how is this you know happening in our country and it's like well because you're telling people to stop talking about controversial things right. so right. the people who are willing to talk about it they're the ones that you know are for lack of a better term winning uh because they pretty much silenced everyone else you know that their uncomfortability or uncomfortableness them being uncomfortable is such a big deal to where people like us shouldn't say anything because we're going to upset people. Right. So I found that to be very interesting. I'm just like, what? I need an outlet to talk about controversial things because, you know, I try not to in my day-to-day -day life because I don't, you know, I don't want to be, and I'm, it's, it's happening anyway because I guess I let things slip, but I don't want to be shunned in my day-to-day -day life. Like I just want to, you know, I need an outlet because I know that the things that are going on are wrong and that the majority of society right now is manipulated into thinking it's right and that anybody mm -hmm. who disagrees with that is literally evil. Yeah, they're just right. going along with it because they don't want to be called names. Right. So, you know, it, it sucks, but I'm kind of in a position where I'm trying to toe the line in my personal life, but I can't, I can't do that and sleep at night. So I need right. something like this as an outlet to, because it's wrong. You know, we're going to hell in a handbasket quite literally right now, or we're trying to at least. I've always been one to try to stir the pot, but now it's like kind of for a purpose of like, hey, this isn't normal, guys. Like m me having normal positions isn't what, I'm not supposed to have normal positions. I'm the one that's supposed to be saying controversial stuff. And now you're, now I'm over here saying that boys have penises and women have vaginas and like that's a that's a big deal. Like how All of a sudden that's controversial. Yeah, how have we gotten here? Like, oh, you know, we should be responsible for ourselves. Like, oh wow, how dare you not be a collectivist? It's like what? No, that's I'm not supposed to be this guy. You realize that if somebody who passed away ten years ago, ten years ago, was to be reanimated today, they would look around and go, What the hell is going on? Ten years. I even just 10 years ago, yep. They'd be like, I don't, I don't, this doesn't make any sense. Like, unanimate me again, because I don't want to be here. Turn on the TV and see all these drag drag race shows, and you're just like, what? 
What is going on? RuPaul had, if I remember correctly, when I was a kid, like early 90s, didn't RuPaul have a TV show on MTV? Did he? I don't remember. I mean, he was on MTV, but I don't remember that he had a show. Yeah, I, I just, I remember very, very, very vaguely, because I didn't watch MTV most of my childhood, but I do remember early 90s. Um, right, and like that's about when MTV started the toilet anyway, so. Sure, sure. Like, a lot of people didn't watch MTV anymore at that point. Right, and by the late 90s, they weren't even doing music anymore. Yeah, now they're just a television right. channel. No, I mean, it's, it's bizarre that we've come full circle in that, you know, the 50s with the family model, uh, that was considered normal, and then, you know, you had go a little flat, you know, fast forward a little bit and you had the punk rock era and everyone trying to be counterculture. And now it's like, Oh, the people who are super punk rock, the people who are, you know, all tatted up and have, you know, piercings all over them and, you know, don't ever want to get married. And those are, that's the normal. And it's the people who, you know, want to have a family life and want to be what was formerly normal. Those are the counterculture people. Those are the, those who are out there. Right. They're the rebellious ones. Right. That yes, that's that's what I was thinking of. They're they're the rebels. Um here's the I think that the fifties were extreme in 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 one way. And I think that right now it's extreme in the other way. And I think somewhere mm -hmm. in the middle is probably right. But the problem is is that there will always be a group of people, a loud, manipulative group of people, who will not be happy and they are going to try to push whatever side that they're on in the so we're never going to get to an actually center perfect you know situation because there right. will always be people who are pushing one way or the other probably but there will always be people who are pushing both ways really and i guess it just depends on who's the loudest and most manipulative well yeah and it's you know that's just always how it's going to be. It's the pendulum. It swings one way and then it swings the other. And it just sucks, man. Like, like we were talking about, I, I guess it was the last show, or I know we've talked about it amongst ourselves, is that they're saying that the generation coming up behind the millennials are supposed to be the most conservative since the 1950s. Well, that's not good. You know what I mean? Like, that's just, that's pushback against the ridiculous liberal millennials. And then right. there's going to be pushback against that group and so on and so forth. And when are we ever going to get to just a mutual understanding? Like we're all Americans. That's the one thing we all have in common, the ones who are here legally. And uh, we should be fighting for that. We should be banding right. together to make, um, you know, just, but you can't even say make America great again. Without being a I was just going to say you. I was like, you're going to say it. You're going to say it. Mega, mega, mega. You said the magic word. not the hugest of Trump fans. Right. I just end up falling into the category that looks like a Trump fan because I don't want people to say he's this, that, and the other. He's not Hitler. He's not Hitler. I don't even think he's racist. I think he's a dumbass. You know what I mean? Like, and, but you can't say that without, you know, without being a Nazi, so. Right. Crowder yeah. just had that video. He just put it out last night. I know. I night, fell asleep Wednesday. watching yeah. it. I totally, I got to rewatch it. It was as exciting as, I, as he promoted it to be, but the one woman that he was talking to, like, 
she just kept saying that he's doing illegal things about the immigrants. And he's like, no, he's not. Oh, and he's suppressing the press. No, he's not. Like, facts. Here's some facts. Yeah, I've had a lot of my friends. A lot of my friends will talk about like, oh, you know, he's, you know, violating the First Amendment. And I was like, how so? Well, he's, you know, telling his base that, you know, kneeling during the anthem's wrong and he's forcing the NFL to do this. I was like, he's not forcing the NFL to do anything. And he's like, just saying, he's stating his opinion. How is that? It's like, oh, well, you know, it motivates his base to get upset and you know it's like that's not a violent i don't think you understand what the first amendment says and it, it requires right. you know a law being passed it doesn't say anything about oh the president can't say words you know he can't say things that i dislike right it's backwards so, and asinine everybody just wants that bubble they want that bubble of that feedback loop you know, that everything that they think and say is confirmed right back to them. And they can never be wrong because of that feedback loop. And when somebody dares step outside of it, their whole world shattered because they don't know what to think because they don't know how to think. Right. Cause they, all they're doing is echoing a talking point from someone else or from something they read as opposed to coming to the conclusion on their own. If they're able to come to the conclusion on their own, then they're not going to be personally attacked when you say something, you know, you disagree with. You know, they'll be able to... What's going on? Man, I know. It's those damn dogs. They are just going nuts right now, and it's super annoying. I just need to... Is it loud? A little bit. Oh, my God. I... This is unbelievable. Well... Well, we are at 90 minutes. Yeah, we're... We've been... We've been going at this for a while. Oh, now they'll shut up. It's great. Sure. Right. <laughs> I was like, that totally takes away from my entire point about people not being able to think for themselves. But no matter. Too bad I'm not going to be able to fix that in post either because uh, you can't really cut the audio enough to get the... Yeah, like, computer, cut dog noises. <laughs> hey, Siri. Yeah, Siri, get rid of the dog noises. While you're at it, Siri, the kid's screaming out of the window. Yeah. The kid's having fun. Get rid of that. Huh. Okay. Well, uh, this was a this was a good conversation, guys. Um, Absolutely. Now we have more things to plug, though, because we are on Spotify now officially, and still working on the Apple thing. It should be up by today. But um, Anchor is another app that we're on. Illusions destroyed. I'll post all the links afterwards um find us on instagram at illusions destroyed um and on twitter, twitter illusions uh, what is it yes d-e-s-t-r-1 yeah. illusions d-e-s-t-r-1 and give us money <laughs> please <laughs> We gotta set that up though. Maybe we set up a PayPal first. Yeah. Patreon. Yeah, I'll I'll get on that, or one of you two can get on that, and we can get donations set up for the few people who listen. And then eventually, when we are big balling and rolling in the subscriptions, uh, the early donors will get recognized constantly as OGs. There you go. So like us. Share us. 
Yes. Subscribe. Share us with your friends. Share us with your super hardcore lefty friends and get them pissed off and have them leave lots of comments and call you names. Well, they can even on. leave comments on our stuff and call us names. And yes. Yeah. And we're fine with that. It doesn't hurt our feelings. They're just words. I can handle it. I don't have feelings. I have a cold black heart. It's fine. I'm dead inside. <laughs> so. I think you'd have to be. Okay. Yeah. It's the only way I could have this position that <laughs> men are men and women are women. And we can't really change that no matter how much we try. So You're not really human, Garrett. I know. And, uh, yeah, the unborn have value. So with that, we say goodbye. Uh, we love you. And we will see you on Sunday. Sunday. I'm not, sure if, I'm not sure if I will. Okay. Oh, that's right. Well, maybe. Tentative Sunday. But I want to be here. And Tasha wants and to be here. And we may have a guest. And okay. we may have a guest. Yes. So it's going to be an exciting guest. So stay tuned. Because we will... Uh, yeah, once I confirm that, I will announce it because it should be a really, really cool guest. Yes. That many people know. <laughs> All right. Goodbye, world. Smooches. Goodbye.